in Ankeny. For 75 years, NCMIC has been doing the right thing for its customers, employees, and the community. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Welcome back, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. We're here until noon. Uh, bottom of the hour, Bill Bender from the Sporting News. We'll talk about oh, some of the bigger games coming up in college football this weekend, Purdue and Iowa right now, however, uh, with our friend David Eicholt, who joins the program. Hawkeye Insider, part of 24-7 Sports. David, Trent, and Ken, thanks for coming on. How are you? Hey, doing good, guys. Appreciate you having me back on. Uh, yeah, like you said, busy week, busy couple of weeks, and uh, you know we'll, we'll see what happens with this team. So, David, I was uh, having uh, talking with a buddy last night, and we were talking about the Caleb Williams situation, Oklahoma, <laughs> and the kid at the student newspaper that was watching practice from a parking lot. We said, well, who on the Iowa beat would be the guy in Eichholt? You were the first one that came to my mind. So let's take you out of the equation here. Of everybody else on the Iowa beat, who would be the second choice standing there watching practice from a parking lot? Uh, Scott Docterman. Ah, that's a good one. Yeah, I could see Doc doing that, get the binoculars out and getting all the information there. But I call it, you're number one on my list. You're, you're the top of the power rankings. Hey, hey, I appreciate that. You know, that's been an interesting debate to follow, too. I mean, you know, hats off to the student reporters who take advantage of their resources. Yep. I mean, uh, what outstanding work by them. Mm-hmm. I know, it, you know, it, it's kind of funny that, you know, one of the most powerful men in, in college football coaching canceled his media availabilities because of two sophomores taking advantage <laughs> of the university's resources. On a storyline, by the way, that I think people pretty much assumed. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, my, I, uh, I tip my cap off to those for those guys and what they did. Really good job. No doubt about it. Lincoln Riley brought it on himself, and the kid took advantage. And uh, I, I clicked on that, uh, whatever, who what is it, OU Daily he writes for? And I'm just pretty, newspaper. Yeah, yeah, pretty sure it's the first time I've ever been there in my <laughs> right. life. Uh, and uh, and I hope a lot of people did just that because the kid deserves it for his work. You know where I want to start with you, David, is Spencer Petras, who I heard earlier in the year, and then I heard his press conference with you guys earlier in the week. What a polished QB. It, it's becoming pretty apparent. That uh, that this is a guy that's very comfortable in his position. Not sure that not saying that he wasn't earlier in the year, uh, but this is his team, and he's really developing. At least from where I sit, you wouldn't know more. You're in front of him uh, when you get those opportunities. He's taking this leadership role to heart, uh, and I think his teammates are following him. Oh no, absolutely. I mean, I think we've seen the biggest progression probably over the past two or three weeks. I think when it really started to hit me was after the Colorado State game. And the way he came out against that Maryland team from the first drive, I mean, there was just a different aura about him inside the pocket. He was confident. He was poised. And, you know, I go back to a comment that Tyrone Tracy said prior to the season about Petrus, and he just said the command of his command of the offense and his command of the team, it's on a completely different level. And like you said, I think his head's up a bit higher. I think he's got a little bit of that California swagger to him, but he's also comfortable in his own skin. And you know, I think those are some of the most important things uh, when you're looking for a leader on the offense. And like you said, I think right now he's unapologetic. He's completely locked into what they need to do. And I think the most accurate thing I've heard over the past few weeks is he's an extension of Kirk Ferentz on the mm-hmm. football field. Uh, you know, Nate. You know, they talked about Nate Stanley being like that. I think Spencer's a little bit more vocal 
than Nate was, and I do think that that's been good for the offense. So, no, you're exactly right. I, I think he's really adapted to this leadership role, and not that he never really didn't have command of the offense or didn't have everybody's respect in the locker room, but I think it's gone up to that nth degree because he's taking care of business on and off the football field. I mean, 12 straight wins uh, does not lie, especially with the fact he's not turning the ball over at a high rate. Offensive line still going through some growing pains, but going back and watching the game again, as I did Sunday and again last night, because, well, A, B, T, N, and 60 is incredible. You can just fly through that thing. But secondly, it was a fun game to go back and watch a couple of times. Offensive line has concerns. You look at Karloftis this week, that's going to be a big, big one, certainly there. But it does feel like they're making strides, and, and that running game, it's getting better. It's still not there. Cutback lanes, I think, are available a little bit more. It does feel like the offensive line at least is building. Do you see the same thing, David? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it obviously starts with inside. I mean, you got to look at the Heisman front runner Tyler Linderbaum <laughs> in the middle there. You got to look at I think Kyler getting Kyler shot back was yeah. a big deal, and I love the move of uh, flipping Colby to the opposite side and having him start at guard. I think those three guys have, you know, I, I think they've done a nice job. I think Connor Colby is going to be a really, really good player for years to come for Iowa. But like you said, I think you know the biggest mismatch hanging into this week is George Karloftis. Now, he doesn't have the outstanding stats that you'd expect him to have, but Mason Richmond and Nick DeYoung, mm-hmm. those guys are going to be very, very tested early. And, you know, I do think you're right about the running game. The biggest thing, though, that I've seen from Tyler Goodson over the past couple of weeks, he quit trying to bounce everything outside. I think, you know, he's great at juking out defenders. He has those quick feet. He has that natural movement. But at times, he's spending so much time juking people out in the backfield. Well, there's three or four more helmets that are going to be after him, so he really can't gain that those extra yardage. I think he's done a much better job of keeping his feet moving, turning ahead, and I think that he's really started to display some more power over the past couple of weeks. I mean, you know, you can look at the numbers from last week against Penn State. Yeah, they aren't outstanding, but look at the highlights and look when those type of runs uh, came. And I think when Iowa needed a spark, he was there to help deliver that. So I think the running game is coming along, and I think that the pass blocking is getting slowly but surely better. I think people need to lay off. I think people have really started to lay off Spencer Petras from this standpoint as well. If he gets a clean pocket, I think people should be comfortable with the decisions that he's going to make. Because, you know, again, he started out one for nine last week against Penn State, finishes 16 of 22 for two touchdowns. He did what they needed to do. But, uh, yeah, that offensive line, the offensive tackles are still probably my biggest concern. But another thing I'd also like to point to in the past game, Tyler Goodson was so much better at pass, you know, picking up the blitz early in the season. Mm-hmm. These past couple of weeks, I think Spencer Petrus has taken some punishment because they just, they just haven't had great communication. And Tyler hasn't been able to step up and take those hits. And I, I think that also uh, needs to be corrected against a Purdue defense, which, you know, they're m- more known for offense. But, man, if you look at their numbers this season, their defense is pretty stellar. No, they're, they're putting up some good numbers, no doubt about it. And I love the fact that Petrus knows he's going to get hit and stands there, and that's not lost on his teammates. Where I want to go with you is, how does the secondary change now that Riley Moss is going to miss some time? We know he's not going to play this week. Terry Roberts, I think he starts in a lot of Hawkeye secondaries at different points uh, over the years. I mean, he's I think he's that good. Uh, Moss is, I mean, the, the numbers speak for themselves. Uh, but how does it change with Terry Roberts in the game? You know, I think that's the interesting point, too. I mean, you're talking about a guy that, you know, 24-7 sports has the, is the front runner for the Jim Thorpe Award in Riley Moss. But, look, I, I think if you're Iowa and you're an Iowa fan and the coaching staff, I do think that they're all in on Perry Roberts. I think what he's done on special teams, he's been great. I think when he stepped in for Riley Moss last week, 
this is the most important thing to take away from his action last week. There was no bad play where you said that was Terry Roberts' fault. Mm-hmm. It was not made known over the broadcast. And if you're talking about any backup, if you're not talking about them when they step in the game, I think they're doing something right. And I think when you look back at the film, you know, Terry Roberts is a little bit undersized, but he's as physical as it gets. He's confident. I think he's a trash talker. And, he, you know, he's really picked up a lot of uh, snaps and a lot of confidence uh, over these past couple weeks. So I think, you know, he's going to step in. I don't think the defense is going to change too much. I'm really anticipating that Jack Kerner and Kevon Merriweather and Dane Belton are going to be, you know, be forced to step up a little bit more, um, you know, in those cover two and those cover three situations because this is going to be a Purdue team that is going to, you know, attack the weak points and continue to go downfield time and time and time again. I mean, how many times have we seen over these past couple of years where if one DB gives up a big play, they're going to be targeting that DB every single time. I mean, I go back to two years ago. I think there were three different defensive backs that got benched just because they, they couldn't stop them at any point. So I think if Terry Roberts can get out there early, and I think if the safeties are, you know, they stay in their keys and they help out over the top, and maybe, who knows, maybe send Jack Campbell or Justin Jacobs in for a couple blitzes on the quarterback to make some bad decisions. Uh, I, I am interested to see how Phil Parker's going to cover this because the one kryptonite for Phil Parker over the last couple of years has been David Bell, who I think is still criminally undervalued on the national scheme of things. He's a stud. What, 24, 26 catches against Iowa over the last two games and four touchdowns to go along with it. Got to scheme up in a big-time way. I was surprised when it's continued to be O'Connell at the quarterback spot. He got the start and pretty much all the reps against Minnesota a couple of weeks ago. They also have a dual-threat guy that they bring in a little bit to throw it around with Burton here. O'Connell or Bust, is that where they're going, or do you think we would see a short lease and Plummer maybe would come in for Purdue if we do see some early struggles? You know, I do think that, you know, Kirk said he's anticipating both quarterbacks to play. And like you said, I am surprised O'Connell's gotten the snaps that he has. I mean, you're talking about a guy with four touchdowns and five picks. Yeah. Plummer has seven mm-hmm. touchdowns and no interceptions this year. But, you know, I hate to go back to the David Bell factor, Trent, but I got to say this. As long as the quarterback has an arm and he can throw it 40 <laughs> yards downfield, if he has David Bell, I mean, uh-huh. that's really all they're going to need to do. Um, and if I'm Phil Parker, I send the blitz after the quarterback, and right when Purdue crosses the state line into Iowa, I send the entire Iowa secondary to go follow their bus, follow them back to the hotel, and camp out David Bell's room just so they get used to uh, blanketing <laughs> the talented receiver there. But I, I do think that O'Connell is going to see a little bit of action, but it's not going to surprise me trying to, if Jack Plummer gets the majority of reps in this game. I think he has the stronger arm. I think O'Connell, despite the interception numbers, is a little bit more accurate. But again, I, I think Jeff Brom's going to really stick to the system of we've attacked these guys downfield time and time again. We've had good luck with it. And Plummer's done it. And O'Connell, they both had somewhat success against Iowa over the past couple of years in doing that. But I do think that they're going to take the power aspect and just say, hey, David Bell, you know, Milton Wright, we trust you guys. Go downfield and just go make a big play. Do you anticipate Keegan Johnson and Arlen Bruce are certainly coming on seemingly, are going to be a bigger uh, part of these uh, of the game plan going forward? I think they both will. I think you have to start with Keegan Johnson. I think, you know, it's crazy to think that he probably has the best release off his routes. Uh, on the entire team. And I think when you look at his snap counts over the past couple of weeks, he had 11 against Colorado State, 27 against Maryland, 32 against Penn State. I mean, this is a guy who continues to earn the snaps, and he might be Iowa's best option in the X right now. You know, Tyrone Tracy hasn't had the type of year that he's wanted mm-hmm. to do. And Keegan Johnson, 
He's only had four catches this year, but you know he's averaging 34 yards a catch, and he could have scored on three of those four catches. So I think when Iowa wants to really attack downfield, I think they're going to put him in a situation to go trust him. And as far as Arlen Bruce, I love seeing him run those quick slant routes, those tunnel screens routes, because he has that physicality. He has that dog mentality. And he's just got a natural, shifty ability to make guys miss. And he doesn't back down, which I think you want to see out of your freshman. And just based on the productivity from some of the other receivers, I, I really think that they're too good to be able to keep off the field. I, I think you got to throw them to the Wolves, and I think that they've answered the call uh, so far this season. So, got to get your perspective on Ference v. Franklin, the faint gate. I don't know what we're calling this, this stupid thing. <laughs> I said at the top, it makes both of our heads hurt. But Cuba and Turtle. Yeah. Cuba and Turtle. So, the takeaway, and then the response to the response to the response as we sit here today. You know, first of all, I think Kirk does not throw out accusations without having some sort of proof. I mean, this is not a guy that's going to – he's been around the game too long. He has a, too much of an understanding of what the power of the public will react. He has to have some sort of base as to why he answered the question the way he did. But I would also like to say that James Franklin, from my vantage point, does look awfully suspicious by coming out with that five-minute statement, going through every single injury about guys. And some of the stuff he just said, it it wasn't even true. I mean, Iowa fans did not boo P.J. Mustafer when he went down. They didn't boo Sean Clifford when he went down. They booed Jaquan Brisker, who came back in to play later. They, they booed the defensive end, who was absolutely torching Iowa when he went off the field because both trainers were looking at separate knees. The guy wasn't talking, walked off the field, yeah. and then came back on the field to play later. And, you know, the reality of it is, too, Penn State fans and the, and the coaching staff would not be on this or respond the way they did if they had a game this week. So they're spending their entire bye week on this situation. I do think Iowa, for the most part, has moved past it. And they'll kind of wrap this up. Don't tell me that Sean Cliff, if Sean Clifford was in, that they would have won by 30. I think people are just going, you know, any talking point that they can do to avoid the reality that Iowa took care of business and it's football and that's just the way the chips fall. But I do believe if there was a game this week, James Franklin would not be blinking twice about this, and I don't think any of the Penn State people would be either. Nor should he be. Uh, let, let's get to Ben's basketball. He had a media veil early in the week. Biggest takeaway from uh, uh, what uh, Fran said would be what? I just think it's going to be the new look of the team. I think that there is going to be a renewed focus on defense just because I think they have a little bit more athletic weapons to the bunch. I think that they are expecting Keegan Murray to be at an all-Big Ten level. I expect Jordan Bohan to shoot 45 threes a game every single time he touches the ball past the half-court line. And Jordan wanted me to tell this as well, that him and Philip Robracha are the same age, yeah. but Jordan's the only one who's being called an old man. Uh, but I will say this. I've heard that Josh Ogundale could be in for a bigger role this year. I've heard he's really cut a lot of weight, which is an interesting sort of uh, variable to the mix of what Iowa could see there. No true back-to-basket guy. There's no Luka Garza. There's no Joe Wieskamp. But uh, I'll say this. Keep an eye on Peyton Sanford. I've heard really, really good things about him. I still think he has a ways to go defensively. But he's put on a lot of muscle, and he's shooting the ball about just as well from deep as, as anybody on the team. And with this team, they are going to need shooters just because of how much that they lost last season. So I think it'll be fun to watch. I think fans will be frustrated at times, but it's going to be a new brand of Iowa basketball, I think. Purdue going to be good. Michigan's up there like Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Going to be a very mm-hmm. difficult Big Ten again this year. If they can flirt with 500, probably going to put themselves back in position for a tournament bid. Is that 
a realistic goal or is this more be over 500, get to an NIT and kind of build from there? Where are you at, at least expectation-wise? Expectation-wise, I mean, I, I would say they need to be on the bubble. I still think that there's too much. There's a lot of length. There's a lot of athleticism. And these are guys who have played in the Big Ten before. I mean, you, you have to expect Joe Toussaint with more minutes and all this experience he has. He's got to take a step forward. I think Chris Murray is going to be a very good player. I think Keegan Murray, you know, just for a guy that could potentially play himself in the lottery, uh, NBA lottery for next year, he's got to be able to show that dominant side. I will say this, though, Trent, Ken, I went into that media day with a lot of questions and thinking I was going to get answers. I walked away with more questions just mm. because of how different this team's going to be from any other Fran McCaffrey team. I think this is going to be the most athletic team they've ever had. I think that they have the potential to be a decent rebounding team, a decent defensive team. But I got a lot of questions on the shooting, and I think that's the biggest thing for me. Can all these young guys really put together? Because think about this. They have five easier games, but then guess what? They're going against Virginia, Illinois, Purdue in the next three or four. So this is going to be a group that's really going to get tested early, and that Big Ten schedule does them absolutely uh, zero favor. So expectation, NIT on the bubble, for the tournament, but uh, I think if they can go it, if they can go 500 in Big Ten play, I think it's a successful year. Good stuff, David Eicholt. I uh, love having you on. You do a great job over there at Hawkeye Insider, part of 24-7 Sports. David, we'll talk to you down the road. Thank you. I appreciate it, fellas. Take care. Yeah, good to talk to you. David Eicholt on Iowa State. I- I'm looking forward to this group, Trent. Yeah, it's going to be different. Yeah, I like that part of it. I do. There's an intriguing element that they're going to be better defensively, and France teams, they're going to score. Every single group that he has had has been, in terms of efficiency measures, very, very good on that realm. Can they even become a top 50 national team defensively? they got a chance. Bohannon's not going to wow you defensively. No. <laughs> and are you a big... What Murray now has to become? I th- oh, well, he has to take over. Right, I, can he do that, though, going from really talented role player? And there's a reason that... Yeah, but Trent, he had moments he, last year, man. But can he average 18 a game um, with his skill set? For them that, to, be, to get to 500, he has to. Is that realistic? Yes. You think so? I do. I mean, the flashes he showed last year. But they're that. They're flashes. Yeah, but that was, again, he was, that was his first go-around mm-hmm. in an incredibly difficult physical conference and it's going to be so again it always is i just don't see him being that kind of dynamic scorer i guess and that's where the concern would lie uh-huh. being that kind of guy well we'll see i'm, I'm looking forward to uh hawkeye who we thought that, like it's entirely different right? yes. entirely different for that reason sign me up uh, we will uh, talk to bill bender next it's des moines sports station 1460 kx and own 106 on your side Joined by Dr. Ethan Heisman from Elite Eye Care, University Avenue in West Des Moines. I suffer from dry eyes. It's not just eye drops. There's other treatments that are out there. We have one of the newest treatments available in our office. It's called Intense Pulsed Light, or IPL. It targets the abnormal blood vessels that are the root cause of the inflammation causing dry eye. The side benefit is you don't see those blood vessels anymore. That's Elite Eye Care. 9250 University Avenue in West Des Moines and a new location, the Eye Company... 
Maybe you're thinking about franchising your business or purchasing a franchise. There's an experienced and trustworthy franchise lawyer right in your backyard. Don't waste your time or money searching for a lawyer out of state when Rush Niggett is here and ready to help your business. Hi, I'm Rush. I've specialized in business and franchise law for the past 25 years. I don't just want to be your lawyer. I want your business to succeed as much as you do. Your business needs Rush. Visit his award-winning blog at RushOnBusiness.com. It's good to have Rush on... Global Direct Mail and Marketing is the teammate your small business needs. Locally owned and located in Urbandale, Global Direct Mail and Marketing can help your small business create the high-quality print materials your business needs to succeed. Whether it's business cards, flyers, business forms, letterhead, calendars, or a mail piece to attract new customers, Global Direct Mail and Marketing is ready to go to work for you today. Save by working with the local small business that will go the extra mile to get you what you need. Global Direct Mail and Marketing. Call Craig at 515-282-3000 and get your next project. XNO. Trent Condon here to tell you about Renestate, the new revenue rocket ship. Putting your home up for rent, not for sale. But why would you do that in a seller's market? Just do the math. Selling a home will catch you some cash once, while renting a home keeps that cash coming month after month after month. And because there are always renters, but not always buyers, Renestate is foolproof, recession-proof, and retirement plan positive. What's not to love? The hassles of being a landlord? For one monthly flat rate, Renner's Warehouse will take away the tedious tasks. Tend to your tenants, answer the 3 a.m. calls, market your property, and collect the rent. Make the savvy, long game, paradigm shift and choose Renestate with Renner's Warehouse. Get your free rental price analysis today. Go to Renner'sWarehouse.com or call 515-528- 4429. 515-528-4429. Because you can't buy happiness. Uses directed. Get in on the action with the world's largest sports book. Right at your fingertips. Circa Sports Iowa is where the pros play. Enjoy the highest limits, lowest takeouts, and competitive betting menus. Download, fund, and bet from anywhere in Iowa. Circa Sports Iowa. Sports betting the way it should be. Download your new bookie today. Visit CircaSports.com. Must be over 21 and present in Iowa to bet. Have a gambling problem or expert at Culligan.com. 6.57 to play here in the first quarter. Joaquin now on offense. They wing it out quickly. Caught. Cuts it up. Field 50, 45, 40, 30, 20, 15, 10. Touchdown! Play of the day brought to you by CISN TV, Dar Danielson. The incomparable Dar Danielson on the call as Waukee picks up their second win of the year last Friday night against Council Bluffs' Abe Lincoln. A triple header tomorrow night on CISN TV. I'll be on the call. Dowling Catholic against West Des Moines Valley, a rivalry we usually see in week two or week three here in week eight. Also, Ankeny against Waukee Northwest. Huge playoff implications there. And Southeast Polk at Ankeny Centennial. Another huge playoff potential matchup as teams play for seeding here late in the year. Down the stretch they come. Let's go to Bill Bender from the Sporting News. Thank you for that, Trent, as we're back on 1460. KXNO and 106.3 FM. Hello, Bill Bender, Trent and Ken. How are you? 
Hey, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. Uh, we appreciate it. So if you're Lincoln Riley and you get the news that there's a stu- somebody from a student paper that's taking advantage of where he goes to school and is going up high uh, with a set of binoculars and watching practice and uh, determining, hey, Caleb Williams is getting this, uh, most of the reps with the ones, comes out, reports it as good young journalists should do. Uh, how did Lincoln Riley handle this? Is he maybe to, as, um, you know look in the mirror, Lincoln Riley? If you just would have come out, none of this would have happened. This distraction wouldn't have been some. Did he handle it right, Bill? Well, you know, I think it's he's got to find a way to manage the situation where he can keep both guys for the rest of the year, and that's just the reality of a transfer portal when it's not the NFL. You have guys that are going to sit out and all those kind of things. So. Um, it is what it is, but I think process student, and I think we all kind of knew the answer anyway, that Caleb Williams would probably at least be the starter for this TCU game and see what the plan is moving forward. But as Alabama and Clemson have proven in recent seasons, there are times that pop up when you need that second guy. Yeah, it was a very good point. I mean, Jalen Hurts gets replaced by Tua, and look what happened in that game. And Jalen Hurts handled it the right way, and look where he's at now, a second-round pick and starting tonight on Thursday Night Football. Penn State wish they had a second guy. Yeah, I'll say. After uh, well, what I mean, we that's saw. That's the point, yeah. right there. Like, when Penn State, you saw the drop-off from Clifford to the next guy, and some of that was brought on by the fact that Will Levis transferred right. and is on an undefeated team. So I think the, the headache for some of these coaches is when you have to make a tough decision like this, especially for the college football playoff contenders. That you have to make sure that uh, the I, I would anticipate Rattler still gets worked in the rotation. Is what I'm trying to say. Went in for that two point conversion and trying to find a way to uh, to keep everyone happy. Not easy at the quarterback spot. From there, Alabama goes down, and Alabama, of course, had the close call against Florida as the Gators came roaring back from down 21 three at a two point conversion attempt late in that football game. So what is it? What's wrong with Alabama? We put them at such a high standard because, well, they've earned it. But when you look at this team, what seems most off with you? And is it overly concerning or is it a game? And they'll be fine because ultimately they are Alabama. Well, it'll be interesting to see what kind of Alabama team comes out because this Mississippi State team did beat A&M mm-hmm. and uh, can throw the ball around a little bit. So, yeah, I, I think it was just one of those games they got caught in and off to a bad start on the road at a tough place to play with a young quarterback, and and, and then took advantage of the opportunity. And sometimes that gets lost on us that when you have that happen, that, uh, um, you know, it it is what it is. So I think Alabama will be fine as long as they went out, but I think the pressure's on them now. They they can't lose the rest of the season because no two-loss team has been in the college football playoff. Bill, is there a uh, a scenario where I mean, I'm trying to find a way, and I've never been like this uh, as far as a non power five team. I just can't, I, I can't be one that uh, that uh, wants to go against a group of five team because they're a group of five and they don't belong. And that's been my stance for a lot of years. But when I watch Cincinnati. Just destroy Temple. And I know that they were better than a four-touchdown favorite, but if there was ever going to be a letdown, right, that was going to be the game. Not that they were going to get beat, but it was going to be closer than it should. If Cincinnati's unbeaten, my fear is that, yet again, they're not going to get the deserved reward because they don't play in a Big Ten or an SEC or a Big 12, or you get the point. Um, is Cincinnati, where are they? Should they feel good about where they're at? Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, they're still undefeated as long as they keep winning and 
kind of let the other problems take care of themselves. If Alabama loses, um, that would be huge if they lose again because then you'd only have one SEC team in the playoffs. They, Oklahoma will probably win the Big 12. We, we address that quarterback situation. I think a one-loss one last Big 10 team is assured a playoff berth. I think Georgia, if they do what they're doing, keep doing that, they're assured a playoff berth. So, I mean, the opportunity will be there if the ACC – and Pac-12 kind of fall apart. And, right. You know, in my opinion, anyway, I mean, if Wake Forest and Cincinnati played, I'd probably take the Bearcats to win that football game. So what, so what, so what if it's Ohio State and it's Iowa? When Iowa gets there unbeaten, but the Buckeyes beat them, and it comes down to Cincinnati and a one-loss Iowa team, what happens? Um, you know, I, I think uh, it'd be fun. I mean, if, <laughs> if it comes down to that, I think Iowa's in a great position yeah. right now because all they have to do is get through that West schedule, and they could probably even lose one, you know, and still win the Big Ten and win out. And just by virtue of all these big games that the Big Ten's going to play in October and November, I think Huge. they'll be in. Um, high State looks scary right now. I think they've figured out everything from that early season loss on both sides, and yeah. they just bring an offense that's actually really devastating for opponents. I'm right there with you. And that, I don't think, to Ken's question, I don't think it'll be close. If there's a one-loss SEC or Big Ten team out there and undefeated Cincinnati, it's not close. The one-loss team's getting in and might even have an argument for a two-loss team. That's a different conversation for a different day. With that, we got a long, long road to get there. So many conference games. We know the difficult nature of getting through any kind of season unscathed. With that, the undefeateds left in the East. Michigan, Michigan State, Penn State and Ohio State now with the losses. But go to the Michigan schools. These two squads that expectations nationally certainly were not high with either program. How they got to this point? I mean, running the football, doing the things that have typically made those programs successful. Michigan State with the running game around Kenneth Walker the third, the two big play receivers, quarterback making good decisions, and a tough defense. And I think Mel Tucker has done a fantastic job. He'd be a borderline coach of the year candidate at this point in the season. So I think that's one. And then the other would be, um, you know, Michigan just running the football again, three guys that can run the football defense that has two first round guys. I mean, Aiden Hutchinson and Dax Hill are, Mm -hmm. you know, those guys will probably be drafted in the first round, if not close to the first round when April rolls around. So, and they're winning games that they normally don't win. I mean, that Nebraska win, we talked about it last week. I knew it was going to be tricky, but they found a way to get it done in the fourth quarter, or you could argue that Nebraska found a way to give it away. <laughs> True, I think it's the I think it's the latter. Uh, Adrian Martin, boy, I mean, you you can't be critical of him because he they're not in that spot without him, uh, and yet seemingly week after week after week. You know, you mentioned Will Levis a minute ago. I, I this my guilty pleasure is Kentucky Wildcat football. Don't ask me why, but it's been that way for a while. Maybe it's the color of the uniforms, and that was my favorite color as a kid. I don't know, but I like to watch Kentucky even when they stink, Bill, and they don't this year. I think that they can keep this game close. I get Georgia's defense. They are elite. Will Levis is unbelievable. Two-headed running back. Wandell Robinson, speaking of Nebraska, he has been a difference maker uh, since he's joined the Cats. I think this game is closer than the country believes it will be. Whose side are you on, the country's or mine? Um, you know, I think it'll be close for a half. But, I mean, Kentucky has to have success in the first half for that to happen. If it's not, you know, and that sounds obvious, but you're dealing with a Georgia defense that hasn't allowed a touchdown in the first half all season. They've given up one rushing touchdown and one passing touchdown all year. So it's so vital for Kentucky to believe that they can play in that game. So it's on Levis and solid running game with Chris Rodriguez and All-American guard Darrington Arda. 
see if they can get something going against that nasty Georgia defense. So Iowa State, Kansas State, one we'll be keeping a close eye on here. It's in the late window, 630. I was looking around, all right, what else am I going to be bouncing back and forth to? Speaking of the SEC, I found the game. Ole Miss, Tennessee. And it's sold out. 82 and a half is the over-under in the game. 82 and a half. We saw a big number with Alabama Ole Miss a couple of weeks ago, but this one, what Heupel has done, I don't know how good they are, but they at least look competent there. They're fun to watch. Tennessee, it's a rebuild in front of them, but take a look at this old Miss game. Old school. First one to 60? Yeah, it'd be a fun game. You know, mm-hmm. and Ole Miss really playing a mm-hmm. good ball right now. They're, you know, the Lane Kiffin coming home, yep. and Tennessee's going to be rubbed up with that offense. And, you know, last week's Arkansas Ole Miss game was a lot of fun. Like, literally down to the last play. And yep. Some mm-hmm. games are, when you get in those games, anything can happen at the end. So, I think it's going to come down to Tennessee's ability to maybe for lack of a better word, Corral, Matt Corral. You know, he's just so good in the clutch. That touchdown that he threw last week was huge. And the creative play-calling mentality of Lane Kiffin continues. Yeah, it sure does. That, that's got a chance to be fantastic. Neyland Stadium, first time in a long time. It's going to be sold out. Uh, it could be special. Bill, I want to go with an early window with you and go back to the Big 12. Um, look, Oklahoma State and Texas. Texas is, Sark's got a nice team here. Uh, quarterback's tough as nails. Oklahoma State's an unbeaten team. This is a really, not under the radar. It's Oklahoma State and Texas, I get that. But the, the, the stakes are very, very high in this early game on Fox. Yeah, I mean, you know, it is. And, uh, you know, Oklahoma State's a good team. And they're an underdog here, and Texas is coming off an emotional loss. And Oklahoma State's kind of going under the radar big time, I think, for a 5-0 and team with an experienced quarterback in Sanders, good running game, good receiver, that formula that Mike Gundy has used in the past to win a lot of big games. So I, I think they will hang around. They're going to have their hands full with that Texas offense, too, with Casey Thompson and uh, Bijan Robinson, and you know, I think for the last for the last game, five games have been decided by a touchdown or less. So that is certainly going to be one of the more interesting. Bill Bender with the Sporting News joining us here as we take a look around college football, the future of the sport. We've had this conversation. Summer it felt inevitable. Twelve was coming, then twelve was off, and back and forth and back and forth. As we kind of have a chance here to catch our breath and look forward. Ultimately, how is this going to play out in your mind? How are we going to get this figured out as it pertains to conferences, a playoff, and, and getting college football at the highest level and an even better spot than it is right now? Well, I mean, you know, all the upsets are great. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously, this is a constantly changing sport. We've had all kinds of things happen in the offseason. But, you know, the super seniors, guys like Kenny Pickett that have been able to take advantage of that and have a monster season for Pitt, kind of shake things up there. Um and we were kind of toying around with our midseason All-Americans yesterday, and it's it's cool to see guys like that break through. You know, or Coastal Carolina and what they're doing. I mean, they're kind of all the attention's on Cincinnati, but if Cincinnati somehow slips up, I think Coastal would be a very interesting, at least New Year's Day six buster for whoever they caught with that offense they have with Chadwell. Bill, uh, last thing for me, uh, it seems like the ACC is starting to um, you know move towards Pac-12 territory when it comes to. And out of sight, out of mind. I mean, I get the Pac-12. It's the time zone. And it's the Pac-12 network, and it's you know the, the the clearance isn't what you would want it to be if you're a Power Five conference, just because you know there's no Direct TV, etc. But the ACC is seemingly 
it's hard to pay attention to that conference. Yes, there are a couple of good stories. Mentioned Wake Forest earlier, really good story. But uh, but the ACC is terrible, Bill. No, it is, and um, you know, it's Wake Forest is pretty good. They have wild unpredictability each week. I mean, they even look at a game like NC State and Boston College this week. I mean, Boston College could win that. I mean, Clemson's obviously down, but. I, I still wouldn't be surprised if Clemson broke through and won that conference. That's how unpredictable it can be. So I'm definitely going to keep an eye on those games. It should be a lot of fun. And, um, yeah, I think it'll be an awesome season. And, and with the ACC, I don't think it's going to end with them getting a college football playoff. I don't first. either. I don't either. I think the Pac-12 is in trouble that way, and I and I'm with you on the ACC. Then it needs to we'll we'll sort things out. Does a one-loss team get in over a unbeaten Cincinnati program? We've seen it before. We may see it again. Bill Bender from the Sporting News. Bill, thank you. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you. Take care. Bill Bender from the Sporting News. As we go around college football, it's going to be a fascinating um, scenario to watch if there's a one-loss. One loss conference team. Not a conference champion. A a team that gets beat in the conference championship. If if, if Ohio State wins, they're in. One loss, right? Yeah. Or or, uh, Alabama beats Georgia. Alabama's in. Georgia's probably in. 13-0 Cincinnati, 12-1 Iowa. Loses to Ohio State by a field goal. You think that's close? No. Not in that case. I don't. I think I will get in. Georgia... Loses to Alabama in the championship game, twelve and one against undefeated Cincinnati. I get it. I want. Uh, I'm really. Ch- I've changed here. They've, they've played one game. Two. No. Well, Indiana's not good, but no. I get it. But that and was, is Notre Dame good? But uh, no, I don't think they are either. But going back to the beginning of the season, you got to put them in if they beat these two schools. No, no, this no. Is you. The year. No, I wasn't the only one singing this trend. This happens every single year. And there's a lot more of the stance that I'm on now that yeah, they deserve a spot to be in it. Why don't you let them in? Will they ever get in? Well, the answer is no. Right. Because I was on that bandwagon with Central Florida. I believe they should have mm-hmm. had an opportunity. But if you didn't do it for them, why are you going to do it for this squad? The American Athletic Conference is much worse this was down this year. I agree. than what the Central Florida teams, mm-hmm. what they went through three, four years ago. Mm-hmm. I, I, we have to let this play out. And that's the other part here. We are already no, treading we, no, to... No, we don't. We have a radio show. <laughs> we're treading to the goofiest season in 14 years right. here. What's more likely? Undefeated Cincinnati gets in or a two-loss playoff team for the first time ever? Cincinnati gets in. Two lost two lost teams never got in. Right, um, an unbeaten group of five teams never got in. So what's more likely? I think it's Something, the two loss. Do you? Yes. Don't you think that the party- Alabama loses another game? Let's say that mm-hmm. they lose, and then they win the, and then they beat Georgia. They're getting in. Eleven and two as a Alabama champion as yeah. a conference champion. Eleven and two Alabama in that scenario would get in. Eleven and two Alabama would get in over undefeated Cincinnati. There's not a doubt in my mind. I hope it plays out that way. Be able to that I hope it plays out. I'd be that watching way. that stupid TV show you like so You'll much. You'll be watching it anyways because I was going to be a prominent, uh, get a prominent role in that TV show leading up to it. I don't need to listen to those guys. They're good, Trent. They're good. Uh, we'll come back. You were, were you good last night? Well, we got a positive result because I had the. You had the soccer. No, you didn't. You had, you had a draw. I had a draw. That did not come to fruition, right. but we had the Lanch uh-huh. plus 120 minus one and a half. So. We eked out a profit. Oh, that's right. They won 4-2. We'll make it profitable 
That's what we're working to do every well, single day. Well, I'm anxious to hear your play on baseball. It's uh, They're two evenly matched teams. They'll play for the 24th time this season. It's crazy that it's come down to Or maybe it's not. Maybe that's uh, it it's, was destined to come down to this with these two heavy heads from the National League West. Circus. Play of the day with Trent next on 1460 KXNO and 1013.com. Global Direct Mail and Marketing is the teammate your small business needs. Locally owned and located in Urbandale, Global Direct Mail and Marketing can help your small business create the high-quality print materials your business needs to succeed. Whether it's business cards, flyers, business forms, letterhead, calendars, or a mail piece to attract new customers, Global Direct Mail and Marketing is ready to go to work for you today. Save by working with the local small business that will go the extra mile to get you what you need. Global Direct Mail and Marketing. Call Craig at 515-282-3000 and get your next project. You are truly welcome. Are you missing out on life size because of hip pain? Ask your orthopedic surgeon about anterior advantage hip replacement. To learn more, visit aahip.com. That's aahip.com. The performance of hip replacements depend on age, weight, activity level, and other factors. There are potential risks and recovery takes time. Only in orthopedic surgeon can tell you if hip replacement is right for you. To find an orthopedic surgeon in central Iowa that uses anterior advantage hip replacement, go to Ed Emery sent you. Maybe you're thinking about franchising your business or purchasing a franchise. There's an experienced and trustworthy franchise lawyer right in your backyard. Don't waste your time or money searching for a lawyer out of state when Rush Niggett is here and ready to help your business. Hi, I'm Rush. I've specialized in business and franchise law for the past 25 years. I don't just want to be your lawyer. I want your business to succeed as much as you do. Your business needs Rush. Visit his award-winning blog at RushOnBusiness.com. It's good to have Rush Carolina or from all agents. Guys, are you looking for an excuse to watch football all weekend long? Then schedule your vasectomy with the Urology Center of Iowa. The Urology Center of Iowa offers nitrous during your vasectomy, cutting-edge technology to help you relax during your procedure. Make the call to 515-400-3550. That's 400-3550 or online at iowauro.com. Vasectomies with the Urology Center of Iowa. And tell them you heard it. That's off. Trent's Pick of the Day is brought to you by Circus Sports. Download the Circus Sports app today to play with Trent or against him. All right, welcome back, Miller and Condon. If a trip to Vegas is in your future, do yourself a favor. you got to check this place out. It is a cathedral for you sports bettors out there. Three stories of screens, stadium seating, three different levels to watch it at, and that's not including stadium swim. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's incredible. And it's downtown, and Fremont Street's bounce back, and, and Derek Stevens and his crew, they deserve a lot of credit for that the very aspect of it, the way that this is. it's a, you, you go to Vegas, don't just stay on the Strip. Get in an Uber, jump in a cab. No, 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 no. no. You don't need to stay on the Strip. No, stay there, I guess. Just stay at Zirka. I've never, I, I'm looking forward to doing that. I've not yes. been in the rooms. I mean, it's new. Mm-hmm. Um, John Liebel said great rooms. Oh, no, did he, was he there. stay there? Yep. Good. He was there for a night and said it was absolutely mm-hmm. great. So, yeah, I'm right there with you. Next time, I think I'm going to put that one at the top of the list. Oh, me too. There's me so too. much to, to do down there. So fun. And you don't have to leave Circa. I mean, if you just <laughs> want to go bet sports, just get, wow. Yeah. Get in your chair at 9 a.m. And yep. Don't move. Away you go. All right. So let's uh, hear what you're doing. Are you going to play the baseball game tonight? I am. Yes. I was looking at Logan Webb. Mm-hmm. 
14 and 11, right? His numbers against the Dodgers, though. Of course, he was great back in the playoff game a couple days ago, but they've been outstanding this year. Mm-hmm. Really, really better than I anticipated going in because I was on the Dodgers. I, Dodgers, that was the beginning of what I was doing, was that part of it. You got to get there. And I mentioned the Scherzer part. Mm-hmm. That excites me. Gossman. He's waiting. Gossman on the other side. It's all hands on deck. It is. Ultimately, I'm just going to take the better team. And that is? That is the Dodgers. Yeah, I think it is. The more talented team, I should say. Probably not better teams. Probably not even no, the right team. You can't say, that's a good point. You can't say they're a better team. They won one more game right. with the Dodgers. And were chased, been being chased by that 800-pound gorilla all season long and kept them at bay. Also barely. At Circa, currently the Dodgers minus 102. Minus 108 for the Giants, which would make them slow takeouts. Yes. That's what that is. That's another difference Uh that you get at Circa there, is you're not getting those big takeouts. You see how those lines shift and adjust and means extra juice for you, the gambler. Not the case at Circa. Yeah, Circa's not going to put any money in your account when you sign up, but they're going to give the betters an opportunity at lower takeouts to actually do some damage to them. Sports betting the way it should be, Uh I think, is their tagline. And it is. And absolutely it is. NFL, I don't have a strong opinion. I said earlier... You know, a thirty-one twenty type of game, but I don't know. It could be thirty-one twenty-five, or I don't. It just not a strong opinion there. And looking at the college games, well, the the, the, the uh, Thursday night AAC college stinks. Yeah, it's just it's Navy Miami. It's so hard. I'm in Navy Miami, Navy Memphis. It's so hard to get excited about Thursday night college football anymore. Uh, Remember what a big deal that oh, used, to, used be. to be before the NFL took Thursday yeah. nights. And this isn't the shiniest of NFL games either, I don't think. A couple of NFC teams, I mean, one really good one. Eagles are kind of floundering. They're all chasing the Cowboys, and they're not going to catch them, anybody in that division. We will be back tomorrow, but there's lots of local programming uh, coming up. Murph and Andy in an hour and five minutes. Fanatics at three. Cyclone Fanatic Radio at six. Hawkeye Nation Radio at seven. We'll talk to you tomorrow on 1460 KXNO and 106.3.